I heard a uh, story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me is true. Tell me a story. Wait. Like my story? Well, then I got a big bad bear story for you out there. The story had me a little confused. Uh... Tonight's top story. And then this one time, Ginny wasn't on the bus to go to school. That's exactly what happened. Boy, what a story. This one time at band camp. All right, now let's see where were we. And I'll tell you a me tale of woe. Far off tales and children's stories, that's all that is. Welcome to Life's Mixtape. I am your host, Bethany Severson, and this is where real people share their real life stories, the ups and downs, and everything in between. So sit back and relax. It's story time. Welcome, everybody. Today we have a special guest, Lucas Severson. Hello. Lucas. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, besides that you're my husband? <laughs> I am your husband. Um, lucky you. Yeah, I am pretty lucky, I'd say. Um, yeah, a few things about me. I uh, come from a big family. I'm number eight out of nine kids. Eight is great. Eight is great. <laughs> um, I'm a Libra, Ooh. which I don't really care about, but Bethany thought we should include it in here. I'm a Virgo. <laughs> They're compatible. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. I don't know that. <laughs> Um, I grew up in a uh, pretty small town, South Dakota. Yeah, that's a little bit about me, I guess. Cool, cool, cool. All right, let's learn a little bit more about you. What are your top five favorite movies? Well, being somebody who watches a lot of movies, that's hard to narrow it down, I guess. But um, if I had to pick, wink, wink. Bethany told me this question was coming beforehand, so I wrote them down. <laughs> so, number five in my list would be uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, I can't really pick one out of there because they, they kind of all tell the same big story. Uh, they're just really good movies. You're such a nerd. Yeah, I am. I still love you, though. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, re- the reason I like those is because um, the filmmaking is great, the storytelling is great, and you know, doing some research um, in the last few years, uh, figuring out that they filmed it in such like creative ways with forced perspective, um, miniatures on set, um, that kind of thing. It just really intrigued me. So I, I, I just think that's one of the greatest movies ever. I mean, I loved watching Orlando Bloom and his long, oh, luscious stop. blonde hair. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, number four on my list would probably be the Dark Knight Batman movie. Very um, good choice. Yeah, it's a great movie. One thing that's cool about this movie is that it came out right around the time that our first daughter was born and um, I had the pleasure and the privilege I guess to uh, a few months ago watch this movie The Dark Knight with um, our oldest for the first time she had never seen it Um, and it was great just to share something that I enjoyed and kind of got to nerd out about when I was you know when it came out and um, good times uh, yeah she enjoyed it a lot and um, she watches all sorts of superhero movies with she does yeah um, number three on my list would be uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live action movie. That's probably one of the movies that I've seen the most out of any movie. I just really enjoy that movie, I guess. I don't know what to say about it, but it's good. I don't, I don't think I've seen that one. Well, maybe we'll have to watch it. Maybe. Number two on my list would be in Avengers Infinity War. Also a good choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like all those superhero movies like Bethany mentioned. One of the movies, one of the only movies other than like intentionally sad movies that that I would say that I've cried at would be Infinity War. 
um, you know, it's kind of heart heart wrenching at the end because, like a normal superhero movie, you know, at the end of the movie they win, hooray! But in this one, um, they're left defeated, and it's just like one of the craziest, most sad scenes at the end. Way to spoil it. Yeah. Just kidding. I've seen it. <laughs> Spoiler. I mean, Mr. Stark. I don't, don't feel so good. <laughs> right. Only people with no uh, hearts don't cry at that part. I know, right? It's such a good movie. Um, number one on my list would be Lethal Weapon. Ooh, also a good, very um, good movie. Yeah, I like. I, I I watched that movie a lot with my dad when I was young, and um, I thought it was funny and that there was a lot of action, which is cool when you're a young, you know, like a young boy. But I didn't really pick up on some of the story elements because I was pretty little, and uh, um, probably not appropriate for a child to watch. Don't watch it with their kids. <laughs> but um, I, you know, come to find out years later that. Uh, one of the reasons why I like guitar and music so much is because this movie was co-written, the music in this movie was co-written by Eric Clapton, um, one of the greatest guitar players ever. And um, I didn't know it at the time, but because of this movie, it kind of gravitated me towards that type of blues guitar playing. Uh, and it's just, um, uh, I don't know, to me... It, it's an emotional way to play the guitar, and it fits right with the action and the story. And so, in the 80s. Um, in, in the 80s, right. It's very, I love the 80s. Yeah, very good, very good movie. So that would be my top five movies. All right, what's your favorite color? I feel like I have to ask you this because I've watched Elf so many times, and he always asks, <laughs> hey, what's your favorite color? Hi, Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? <laughs> my favorite color... Um, I don't know if I could pick one specifically because I do a lot of things with, you know, visuals and graphic design and art and stuff. Um, so all of them, I guess, I don't know, probably green would be the one that I, I like. It's just a good color. What is your favorite coffee drink? Because you drink a lot of coffee. Yeah, my favorite coffee drink is probably any type of latte. Um, you like uh, it a latte? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> coffee. With milk and some kind of flavoring, um, some cream maybe too. So mocha or pumpkin, I suppose. And what is your favorite season? Um, I like fall a lot. Um, Me I, too. I'd say it's the best season just because it's, you know, it's cool. The weather is nice. It's not winter because it lasts six months. Well, I, I, I like winter too. I, I just don't like to be warm. So fall and winter, I guess, are good mm -hmm. seasons. Good to know. Okay, now that the audience has gotten a little bit better picture of who you are, let's dive in a little bit more. All right. Okay, what was it like to grow up in a sm in small town, South Dakota? And uh, can you give the audience a picture of just how small your hometown is and how, I'm going to say, quote unquote big, <laughs> your graduating class from high school was? Small town, South Dakota was really all I knew before college, I guess. The town was pretty little. Um, we were kind of sheltered. I didn't really have exposure to much, you know, really any urban culture or big city life. Um, our family didn't have more than three TV channels until I was about 14. I was introduced to a lot of new stuff after that because we got a satellite dish and we Ooh. could watch all kinds of cool channels. Hi, Roller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my town was pretty small, probably at the time right around 125 people. Um, I grew up in Pierpont, South Dakota. Nobody knows where that's at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really small town, kind of in the triangle between, between Britain, Webster, and um, Groton. People also don't know where those are. Well. Just kidding. Um, really small South Dakota <laughs> town. Look it up if you need to. Google um, map. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice little town. <laughs> it is it's quite quaint. So my town was really small 
Um, so we had to travel to a different town to go to school. Uh, I graduated with 27 people. Um, not a lot, I know, compared to my wife here, Bethany, who graduated with a lot. 289? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's more, that's we were, more than my whole town. <laughs> we were like the smallest class. <laughs> so pretty small town. Okay. Did growing up in a small, tight-knit community affect how you portrayed yourself? Did you feel more pressured to be a certain way, act and talk so people would like you more so you wouldn't get in trouble because your mom would hear about it later that's right she would (laughs) uh because in a small town you're more noticed it's harder to hide because well like you said there wasn't a lot of people what 125 so everyone knows you everyone knows your parents everyone knew all eight of your other siblings Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) they all know you did that add to the pressure to be smarter funnier and how did that change when you went to college do you still think it affects you today as a parent? Do you try to take that pressure off our kids? Yeah, sure. I would say so. Yeah. Um. You know, it's some of it was was a lot of pressure when I was really young. The only tight knit community I had really was my family. Uh, we grew up on a farm just outside of Pierpont. Um. And we, you know, kind of kept to ourselves. We were pretty self sufficient, self sustaining people. You could call us hardy farmers, I guess. Ooh. As a, as a youngster, my younger brother and I spent a lot of time watching and learning from our parents, picking up different skills um, so we could help them out. Um, that's kind of what you did on the farm. You'd help out help out your family um, with whatever they needed. To help my mom, I learned how to bake, you know, cook different things. From my dad, you know, I would help out and learn this, the things like fixing cars, you know, tinkering, crafts, that kind of thing. I wouldn't say I was forced to do this, but my mom strongly encouraged us to participate in as many things as we could. Um, and it was kind of hard to keep track of all the stuff we were in, um, 4-H, sports, music. My dad, on um, you know, he was a, a pretty skilled farmer and mechanic. And I can honestly say that because of my parents, I, I've i picked up and retained like a lot of skills that, you know, more than most people, I would say. And I'm really grateful for that, honestly. As I got older and because my family had been around in that town area for so long, everybody knew who we were, all my siblings, all my relatives. And I got asked a lot of questions like... Uh, are you going to be a musician like your parents? Because they played in a band together. Ooh, um, they did. Yeah, on the week on the weekends they would play at this little little bar doing country music covers and all kinds of stuff. You guys weren't like the Partridge Family. Uh, I mean, my parents were. We weren't really involved as kids. You know, other questions like, "Hey, would you like to play first base on the baseball team? I coached your brother, and he was the best first baseman we've ever had." No pressure. Yeah, yeah right. A lot of questions like that. So it was a little bit, little bit little bit of pressure um as a teen i definitely wanted to be liked so i you know i I wanted to participate in everything that i could and honestly i was sometimes an attention hog no (laughs) you know i would i would like to be the center of attention i'd kind of act out a little bit um just to kind of get to everybody to laugh or um, pay attention to me i think i know a little girl that looks like that (laughs) she must get it from her dad maybe a little bit (laughs) That might be genetic. Um, But, you know, because of my need to be liked, I always felt like I was doing everything wrong. Honestly, that was kind of a a pressure on me because personally, I just wanted everybody to either appreciate what I did or said. Mm -hmm. You know, if they didn't, I kind of took it personally. And so it just felt like I wasn't doing life right sometimes, you know, as a teenager. You know, as far as school goes, I didn't really try very hard um, and grades weren't weren't super important. Um, they were kind of a in the back of my mind sort of thing. I tried really hard. I got straight B's. <laughs> I didn't try at all, and I passed. 
Nobody Probably likes B's and C's. I was really great at taking tests, but didn't really care to turn in homework because I wanted to spend my time doing other things. I am terrible at taking tests. <laughs> I could study all night and maybe get a C or B. Yeah. <laughs> I'm terrible at tests. Yep. You know, I think for me today, even today, I'm still a strong critical thinker and logical problem solver, but, you know, I kind of lean towards procrastination. I would say that too. That's pretty accurate, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) Um, In college, I did mellow a little bit. Um, Again, academics weren't really my focus and I struggled, Um, but I did build a lot of great relationships and develop socially. You know, I, I was kind of awkward when I was younger. And so I became a little bit less awkward. I would say I'm probably still a little bit awkward. I wouldn't say that. (laughs) I would say your wife is definitely awkward. (laughs) No, I wouldn't say that. No, you're not awkward. You're wonderful. College gave me the opportunity to build relationships and learn how to interact with people. You know, um, I would say because of that, I'm a bit more emotionally intelligent after my college years. I do think though that my early years had a huge impact on who I am today. I would consider myself a jack of all trades. And you know how the saying goes, jack of all trades, but master of none. You are really good at like everything. Not really good. (laughs) Um, I would say you're good at everything. (laughs) I'm pretty good at a lot of things, I guess. Um, But I used to dislike that saying, but it describes me pretty well, I guess. I'm pretty well-rounded, probably because my parents wanted me to be that way. And like I said, didn't really force me, but kind of strongly pushed me in that direction to be good good at lots of things. I feel like I'm slacking on that with our kids. You know, as parents, we can ask them questions and help them develop critical thinking. I think we do a good job. I think you do a good job. Sometimes I feel like I, I pressure them a little bit. I do hope though that I can instill some of the those those same ideals to to thirst for a broad knowledge and you know a willingness to try anything. I guess Um, I think we've done pretty well so far. Our oldest definitely has no fear. Yeah, no fear. One thing that I do think, though, about our kids is outstanding to me is their kindness and heart for others. They're pretty sweet. Yeah, they're really, really sweet kids. Sometimes I do put pressure on our kids and I and I notice it because they, they tend to overthink things, mm-hmm. which definitely comes from that pressure. Like they try to do it right the first time and then they get frustrated when they don't. And I think some of that pressure comes from me Personally, I don't know if you do this, but like, no, they just get the over emotionalness from their mom. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I I like to tell them to kind of front end their problem, right? They have a problem, and you think about it enough, you will end up doing it correct rather than doing it once, figuring out you messed up, and then trying it again. It's a little extra work. Um, so if you think about your problem beforehand you can usually come out with the the desired result. And I think sometimes that's a little bit more pressure than a six and nine-year-old can handle sometimes. They're tough. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, so going back a little bit to college, what did you major in? I majored in music merchandising. What does that even mean? Uh, Music merchandising is like a business music and production uh, track Okay. Um, it kind of focused on um, the economics of music, whether it was uh, merchandise, recording, things like that. There was a lot of stuff dealing with copyright law, I okay. guess. Um, some of the classes that we took were, were geared around that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Learned something new. Yeah. But now you didn't graduate with a bachelor's degree, but you still ended up with an opportunity to do what you wanted, a worship leader. Yeah, that's true. I, 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 I don't have a degree in anything, honestly, but I'm, I'm doing what I love and it's great. 
So is there anything about your childhood that impacted your path to music? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say so. Um, music was a lot of my childhood. Like I said, my, my parents were in a in a band um, and played music, you know, as for as long as I could remember growing up as a baby. Um, my mom told me that when I was, when she was pregnant with me, they were in the band and she would sing and play bass. Nice. Um, so that's probably where, you know, I get some of my music, musical, natural musical talent from. You were just born with good rhythm. Yeah, I think so. Rhythm. I think so. Um, we your always, blood. Yeah, 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 yeah. We we always had a radio in our living room, and I remember watching Austin City Limits on TV with my dad. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's it's a it's like a live music show on PBS, and they film it outside the city of Austin, Texas. Okay. Yep. Heads uh, Austin City. Austin City Limits. There you go. <laughs> R- relating to that, I suppose church. Uh, was a was a big important part in that too because uh, we would go to church occasionally but you know in the winter because of the weather we would watch it on TV Ooh. so those two things music and church were always like an important part of our life whenever we'd go to church my mom would hold my hand and squeeze it to the rhythm of the of the hymns that we were singing oh. um, and she'd encourage me to sing along nice so going along more uh, with your mom mm-hmm. she she taught you how to harmonize. That's right. With, was that part of the hand squeezing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of it. Um, so the, the hand squeezing kind of taught me rhythm. Uh, she would sing multiple different parts during the song. You know, we'd sing a song with four verses. The first verse, she'd sing the melody. The next one, she'd try to sing the alto part. Then she'd sing the tenor part and so on. And so uh, there was a lot of different parts of music that I could hear. Oh. You know, she would walk me through the music sheets and hymnals that at that point, you know, as a little kid, I couldn't really understand. And I eventually learned somewhat to read music, I guess, but not very well. From an early age, I had a kind of a natural talent and ear for music. So hearing her sing those multiple parts helped me develop an ear for harmony, even though I didn't know it was happening at the time, I guess. Nice. So do you think that made your relationship with your mom stronger? Uh, I do, I do. She, you know, she taught me a lot of a lot of things. And one thing we could always, we could always, you know, fall back on is singing, singing songs together. She was always so encouraging, even when I refused to take piano lessons. I had to take piano lessons. <laughs> um, I chose to do sports instead, which she wasn't always a fan of. But we always had that music fall back. Um, it's something that always brought us together, and something that we could uh, celebrate. But your whole family is sort of musical. Yeah, yeah, mostly musical. I mean, I have a few brothers who play guitar. Um, my all of my sisters can sing really well. My one of my sisters is a percussionist. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so now that we've talked about your relationship with your family and music, how would you say music affects your relationships outside of work, or relationships with the volunteers of the ministries you're a part of? Yeah, it, I'd say it definitely affects almost all of my relationships, to be honest. Um, you know, going back to when we lived in Indiana for a short time, I worked at an auto dealership, and uh, we had this team of mechanics who uh, would always bond over music, and we always liked sharing the songs that we had heard recently, or music that, you know, maybe someone else hadn't heard. And so, uh, outside of work, as my job, music was a, um, music was kind of a big deal, you know, to build relationships with. As far as volunteers and ministry stuff, uh, those relationships are always filled with 
music jargon and short little songs and jingles, you know, we'll, you know, make up a song or just, kind of, you know, kind of goof around with melodies and things. And, um, it's, I, I find it really fun to kind of nerd out about different music techniques and, <clears throat> and I've, in, I've seen this happen in yeah, action before and instruments or different gear, you know, um, I play guitar and some of my electric guitar gear is, uh, just fun little toys that you might not use very much, but you can kind of nerd out and talk about how they work, uh, that kind of thing, even with, even with figuring out how to navigate a song, um, a song sequence, or you know what you would call a chord progression, figuring out how they work together, which is basically music theory, and different techniques on how they work together is is kind of something that I nerd out about. In the past, uh, you've led a music songwriting group. How did that impact your life, and how do you think it impacted those who were part of the group? And what kind of experiences from that group do you still draw on today because you still write songs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say that um, as far as writing music, I didn't really get into it until um, after college. And until that was really my job, um, I didn't really get into it. But I've always been a kind of creative person. So the impact on my life has been that I can express my thoughts and ideas. And uh, especially with worship music, it's the prayers and the music and when when they work together. Uh, in writing my own words and melodies to express the feeling that I have in response to our good God. I think that, you know, that expression is is important. Um, I don't know that I can speak, you know, specifically clearly into the impact it had on the others that were involved in that group. Um, but as I look, you know, at their lives and things like that, most have gone on to do musical musical things, and I hear about different musical ministries they're involved in, or even other ministries, how they lead, um, and it's usually something to do with creativity or music, so uh, I, it was probably an impact. I haven't really asked them, so I don't know. Maybe they'll respond to this podcast. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, when I'm writing music now, uh, I try to remember the influence that others had on me in these instances when we're writing music, the different perspectives that they've all had on how music and lyric can work together and how people relate to words and phrases as well as different musical movement, uh, louds and softs, dynamics. And uh, my hope is that people really honestly can relate and actually feel the words in music when singing along with the words that I've written. We recently sang one of your songs in church. Yeah, that's right. And now you're working on another one. That is correct. It's kind of a top secret project. <laughs> Just kidding. Nobody no, no, knows. No. Not really a secret, but... Um, I'm yeah. the only one that knows. Just yeah, we... <laughs> uh, you know, I've, I've written a few songs, and sometimes they, they speak out of what I'm learning or what I'm reading, and specifically what I'm reading right now is to go along with some of our sermon series at church, and that's where that first song came from nice. uh, that, that we did sing in in church recently, and I'm currently working on one now for our sermon series that's happening in October. So that kind of leads us right into the next question of where do you draw your inspiration from? Do you use techniques you used or learned in the past? Well, you kind of touched that you try to use life experiences yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly, I'd say it's from the things I'm experiencing. I did mention, you know, specific themes or you know, sermon scripture that we're that we're going to be covering. In the moment, I just felt inspired to write because, with my job, I dive into scripture enough to know a theme or a a specific 
idea that the sermon wants to get across. So as my job as worship leader, I try to pick music that fits that theme. And I do that all the time. Every week I pick songs that are already written by someone. You do a really good job. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, um, it's your job, but it is. you're really it is good at it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, and so I pick those songs based on a theme. And sometimes the, the songs that we've done in the past or in my research are trying to find a song that does fit. I don't quite find one that fits exactly with the idea that we're trying to get across. So I use I use the the scripture and the the topic and the theme from that sermon to, to write that song. Um, I, I, I do think that uh, my past with music and learning new things about how notes and melodies work has helped with this, um, you know, it's kind of a slow but steady um, learning process, but the application comes and I use what I've learned in the past. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, you're very good at writing songs and you're just, you're just good at it. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I really appreciate that. Thank you. Now, since I'm your wife, I know a little bit about your past here. Uh, a few years ago, more than a few years ago, you were kind of pursuing a degree from Oklahoma Wesleyan mm-hmm. online, yep. um, but you didn't finish. Do you regret not finishing that? Do you still think about going back? Um, as much as you love and have a passion for music, songwriting, do you still think about pursuing a pastoral degree, becoming a pastor versus worship pastor? Or you're, so, you've already touched. Uh, you're so creative, so you're really good at you know graphic design. You're really good at taking pictures. I mean, you could have a pick of a whole nother career. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I could. Um, you know, I guess I don't know if I re- regret um, not finishing that degree. I mean, honestly, I love I love what I do currently. So to me, a degree doesn't make that less or more important. Yeah. Well, you first you got your first worship leader job because they saw your passion mm-hmm. for it, and you had already been volunteering for I don't even know how many years beforehand. Correct. Um, so they, I mean, they saw your passion and they had watched you grow in your faith, and so they knew where you were coming from. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, I I don't think I don't think I. I myself would need a degree per se, because like I said, I love what I do. Um, even though it did just start out like a hobby or something that I really like to volunteer for. Um, it's nice to have that as a, as a vocation, whether I have a degree or not. Mm -hmm. That's a really good answer. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Thinking overall about where you've been and where you are at, would you say you're successful career wise family question mark? (laughs) I don't know. If if I'm if I'm looking at it objectively, um, sometimes there are things that I wish I could do better or uh, be more successful. You know, I've I have struggled with this thought that I'm not doing enough to leave a legacy. Like, is really my greatest success like like playing playing music on Sunday at church? Yeah. Um, and sometimes I view that as smaller than actually it is. Yeah. So I'm like, I could do better. I could be doing something. Like, what kind of legacy am I going to leave? A lot of people at church tell me all the time, <laughs> oh, your husband's so good. So I, I do think, I, I, I do appreciate that. You know, they sometimes tell me that, but it's good to hear. I, I should just kind of also put out there that 
it's usually a lot of older women that tell me that my husband does a great job. <laughs> well, they, they, they do like it. And, you know, I, I don't want to minimize the job that I do, but um, sometimes I do feel like I could do more. But then I look at the grand scheme of, you know, I have a healthy family. I have a, a job that I'd like to do. Mm-hmm. It, it's not so much about the accomplishments that I have. It's it's more about enjoying what I do day to day and, you know, you know, holding on to that joy that is my family, my job, um, and and all that that has has been in my life. So I would say it's a success, I think. That's a good answer. Okay, last question, the most important one. Okay. Because the other ones don't count. Just <laughs> <laughs> if you could give your 18-year-old self any advice, what would you say? And I... I I know you pointed out that I, you know, kind of pre-handed these questions to you. So I know you've had some time to think about this. My 18-year-old self, at that point in my life, I was one year into college. Um, Any advice I would give would be... uh, You're going to meet your wife soon. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. That would be good to to inform inform me of that. No. uh, uh, You know, honestly, I don't know if I would give myself advice... Honestly thinking because it would either change the trajectory of where my life would go or not. But uh, I would say just like stick with it and uh, you're going to be appreciated even if you don't feel like you are right now. Mm, I appreciate you all the time. Thanks. Okay. Well, that those are all good answers. Yeah. I'm not just saying Thank that because you. I'm your wife. <laughs> do, you know, right. do you know a little bit more about me now maybe? I do. There are some things that kind of like Easter eggs that yeah. I didn't know about you. Just learn something new about you every day. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. Maybe maybe just ask more questions like this, then you'll know more stuff. <laughs> I don't like talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I, I, I find that hard to believe because, uh, you know, you're kind of talk, 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 talk. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Okay, this has been awesome hearing about your story. Thank you so much for joining me. And really a huge, huge, I mean like firework explosion shout out to my husband who has helped me every step of the way to getting this podcast up and going. I mean, literally without him, this probably wouldn't happen. He made my logo for me. Yeah. He's helping me record. He's helping me edit. He's supposed to be showing me how to do this, but he's taking... It, it's another thing I like to do. He's, like ch- I said, he's taking so. charge. Um, I just take care of the kids while he's no, doing this No, that's stuff. not all you just do. Kidding. Don't say that. No, <laughs> the, you're welcome. You're welcome. I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. Honestly, I, I was thinking about this, and the, the idea for this podcast, when you mentioned it, I, I thought to myself, this is a... This is a, a, a medium or a, a, an avenue for people to hear other people's stories and like help them through whatever they're going through because, so, you know, we share some details of our lives, but not all. And in conversations when we have them, you know, sometimes it's just the surfacey stuff. Oh, how you doing? How's the weather? Whatever. But we don't have time to dive into people's lives. So, you know, whoever's listening to this, they might not know all this stuff about me when you ask me these questions and mm-hmm. now they hear my answers. They might not know it. And so something in my life could help someone else, even if it's a, just a minute, minute detail for me. 
it could be something that was like, oh, I never looked at it from that perspective, or I went through that same thing. Uh, I th- this was very helpful to me. So that that's the hope, I guess. And I I, I thought that the idea for it was just outstanding. Yeah. So I would love I love being a part of it. You hit it right on the head. I really just hope that people hear other people's stories and, like you said, just say either. I went through that or I'm going through that right now and I'm glad that somebody else made it through. Mm -hmm. There is hope for this. So again, I just want to throw a thank you to you listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Next week, I will have another guest. Keep your eyes open for an opportunity you may get to share your own story on here in the upcoming weeks. I have a, a super awesome idea for October. Don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast. This is Bethany with Life's Mixtape. And remember, your story is worth telling.